Welcome to the Cat City Outfitters Podcast. This is episode 66. You've got Chris and Brian, and this time around we're going to talk about just simplicity in training um, to fully master uh, really important uh, ba- kind of basic skills or fundamental skills, if you will. Yeah, so, you know, the uh, the credo of professionals, professionals practice something until they can't possibly get it wrong versus the novice, you know, try something a few times until they get it right. Um we, we recently had one of our training nights uh, with the tribe out on the range, and we spent uh, probably the better part of an hour and a half or two hours simply drawing from the holster and taking one shot um, for time. Um, doesn't seem like a real big deal, but it's probably one of the most crucial skill set combinations um, that you'll ever need if you actually need a firearm is, is getting the gun from some manner of ready position, stored position, slung position, holstered position, um, into your dirty little mitts properly, and then up on target and aligned, sights aligned with the target properly, and then pressing the trigger without having things go sideways, literally. So um, kind of an interesting night because we did, uh, what, five to ten reps per person um, in rotation and had two, two groups of three shooters each. Um, and just running and basically literally for an hour and a half, uh, we did just out of the holster, stroke the shot. Uh, this was from concealment. Uh, it was a fairly chilly evening and everybody was being honest about concealment. I think we were all wearing things we would normally wear. Um, with which, multiple layers. Yeah, with multiple layers, which led to some of the attendant difficulties in dressing for actual Ohio weather and carrying a gun. Um, which you don't realize until you try and get said gun out and get it on target. Um, and the guys that we were doing this with, uh, most of them are, are fairly skilled shooters, and this is not anywhere near their first rodeo. Um, but it was uh, it was really good reps. Uh, I think a couple guys found some hiccups in their gear um, because that was probably one of the first times we'd done that version of handgun stuff that many times in a row in one place at one time in a while. Yeah, and uh, to put some of this into context, we were at 20 yards on quarter size IPSC targets, steel targets, and yeah, had a two and a half second part time. Yeah, two and a half second part time from concealment. Um, I, I think in general, everybody in the group was was able to meet the part time. A couple of the guys maybe not quite as consistently as they would have liked, um, possibly due to garment choices. Uh, possibly due to lack of consistency with the gun they carry and train with. Um, I'm calling a couple of them out right now, so if they're hearing this, hopefully they're cringing. Um, but we've got some guys who, you know, when they carry a certain gun, they seem to perform really well. When they carry something esoteric, um, it creates probably more problems than it solves. Um, but then clothing as well. I had a couple guys running, you know, big bulky jackets, carrying strong side and trying to get to the, the gun. Um, required maybe a little bit more practice than they'd been doing with that garment. And I would say by the end of the night, just about everybody was able to work it out and, and make it work for them. So, yeah. yeah. Um, we had some guys, like I, I, I got lucky um, under the heading of even a even a blind pig finds an acorn occasionally. Um, I had a couple uh, 160s, 159s uh, pretty consistently, pretty consistently in the 180 to 2 second um, from concealment. Um, I was wearing a, a fairly lightweight zip-up insulated jacket um, and, and uh, well, an Arc Adam and uh, was able to pretty consistently be under two seconds. 
on the really ugly draw strokes where something got caught up, I was probably still 210, 215, yeah. uh, which I, I'm not crazy about, but I'll take the, I'll take the consistently one eights all day. So uh, again, being, you know, more at distance with the, you know, a target that we would normally shoot probably seven to 10 yards. Yeah. Doubling that distance really put a premium on having a consistent presentation and having the sights squared up, you know, from the three where you got two hands together before you press out, you know, going into the, the four, you know, being all the way extended on the draw stroke uh, and getting your sights lined up as early as you can. Yeah. Um, you know, having that smaller target, smaller, maybe normal size target, but at distance, um, the angular measurement standards get a lot tighter. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it, it puts a premium on accuracy and then being able to repeat it. Yeah, one of, one of our guys, uh, Mac J, was running a new gun. Um, he he generally carries a G19. Um, you know, due to clothing constraints, looking for a little bit smaller gun for concealment, etc. Was trying to work with a G43. Um, he has obscenely large hands um, and a phenomenal grip, um, like literally bone crushing grip strength. But the 43 is just a difficult gun for him to get his hands on safely. Because it's too small. Yeah, it's too small, not having thumbs out past the muzzle. So he was running a G48 um, and new sights um, and, and struggled at first. And then once he greased, once he started greasing that groove with the gun, once his hand was planted on the gun properly in the holster and he figured out how to get a hold of that specific gun, um, the fact that he has... A, a, what I would consider an absolutely a, a textbook draw stroke, um, meaning that he has the gun up in front of him and the sights on target and in his visual space very quickly. Um, once he figured out the grip on the different shaped gun, um, he was stroking the target and and doing and, and actually went from struggling to get that two second to all of a sudden you know one eights one sevens. Um, and it really does matter uh, having having repped in that draw stroke, how you're clearing your garment, how your hands hitting the gun, how it's wrapping up, and then where your hands are coming together and getting the sights in front of you rapidly. All those things matter. Um, and so that was to me was a really good example of somebody who had a good draw stroke, even switching to a new platform in that few reps was was able to really get squared away quickly, even with new sights and a new gun. Yeah, uh, one of the other things you know. Taking again, taking the stuff to a little bit more distance. Um, sights matter, and knowing how those sights present from an elevation standpoint with your ammo uh, starts to matter. Uh, one of the things Mike J found, you know, was sights that were maybe designed for a Glock 43. Um, when they extended, get extended out on a Glock 48, you know, point of aim, point of impact isn't quite what you would expect. Yeah. So it takes some time, takes some shots to figure that out. Yeah, and he absolutely by the end of the night was was owning that big time. Um, so yeah, I mean we had a you know, it, but just a a really good example of of going out and greasing the groove um, and and not you know I know there's a lot of guys out there who talk about that sub second from concealment blah 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 and that's cool man if you got that down that's awesome. Most people who have that down either aren't carrying realistically or they're cheating. Um, their garment or they're doing something like that and if you're one of the guys who can do it legit that's that's freaking awesome um, but the reality check is I'd rather see somebody who's really smooth and pulling a, a sub two um, in a smooth fashion but can consistently get everything there because it means all the rest of the pieces of the puzzle are lined up all the time not just that one or two times where everything went really well so um, guys this 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 
translates over to long guns too. Um, if you talk to the guys who are out there as professional long gun users, um, you know, and in, in, in who do these things at a high level in very risky environments, they, you know, the, the big part of their training is literally up drills. It's literally getting the gun up on target. Uh, yeah, they do manipulation stuff. Sure, they do the mag changes, and sure, they do the movement stuff and things of that nature, but these are the guys that also understand that from the ready position to having the gun in front of you where you can pull the trigger and hit something um, is, is probably the most important skill. Um, maybe you won't need to reload the gun, but if you're in a gunfight, you'll most likely need to aim it and shoot it. So, you know, those are those are key. And I, I guess for us, you know, it just seems like one of those things where a lot of folks, especially newer shooters, really look down on those very, very fundamental types of drills, especially in that kind of quantity. A lot of guys are like, oh, that's boring. I want to do this or I want to do this or I want to do, a, you know, draw, shoot one, reload one. And, and okay, cool. Those things are fine, too. Um, but the reality check is, you know, one of the most fundamental things out there is, is getting the gun out, getting the sights lined up and pressing the trigger and doing that over and over and over again. As, as boring as it seems actually made for a really good night of training that a number of dudes who shoot pretty well, uh, took away a lot of good stuff and actually enjoyed it and got something out of it. So it's a big deal. Yeah. One of the other things you know, that, that night was one of the last ones where we were shooting into the darkness. Yeah. So having a target that went for being, you know, good contrast, with natural light, natural sunlight, to being kind of blending into the background as the sun went behind the backstop, to needing to then use weapon-mounted lights, um, added some complexity you know, as the evening went on. Yeah, um, I'll, I'll also throw out there, you know, you guys have heard me, I'm, I'm preaching the dot. Um, I, I live in a fairly casual world where it's not a big deal for me to carry a G19 with an optic, with a light. Um, in, in this case, um, I really wasn't worried a whole lot about the light and making the light come on, even once it got a little bit darker because the dot, um, the uh, specifically the RMR uh, Type 2, um, the auto adjust on that dot is, uh, is, is pretty brilliant in how it works and how well it works. And in the lighting conditions we were up against, even once it got toward dark, it, I could see the target well enough and it was just a matter of putting the dot on it. And, and so, you know... Good stuff, good stuff. I really like having the dot. I still think it's like cheating, and I'm going to continue to cheat as long as I can. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and one other thing to consider, you know, these are drills that if you're at home and you're looking for something to dry fire, doing a very reduced target. Um, yeah. If you Google for, you know, reduced size like IPSC or IDPA targets, uh, there's a number of sites out there where you can just download them onto as a PDF and then print them out. It gives you, you know, a, a reduced percentage target for a given distance that you can, you know, you can work, you know, in your basement or your office. Um, these are all really good skills to practice in a dry fire environment. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and also, too, depending on what kind of timer you have, um, a lot of the shot timers out there, if there's nothing else in that environment and you can put that timer up near somewhere near the gun, um, some of the better timers will actually pick up the click. Uh, when you fire it and we'll give you, you know, a, a no cheating um, idea of what you're actually getting things done, what kind of time frame you're getting work done in, um, you know, so that's, that's definitely worth playing with. Um, if you have the old school iPhone timer that was like, I think it was like a Magpul timer or something like that you could download, I don't think it'll pick it up, uh, but some of the better shot timers will. So bear, bear that in mind that you still may be able to use your shot yeah. timer even if you're not making a bang. Uh, yeah. 
yeah, the trick with that is to put the shot timer on a shelf, right? So near it's again. really near where the striker goes forward. Yep. Um, yeah, or I mean, the other thing you can do is set the part time, and then you'll know whether you made the gun go bang before under, under the beep. Before the beep. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and if you find yourself, the other thing I thought there too is if you find yourself consistently under the beep, um, you know, raise the bar a little bit. Um, you know, pick it up a little bit, speed it up a little bit. Um, you know, we had some guys again who were consistently well into that two and a half second part time, and then some other guys for whom that that was some work. So, um, you know, if you're on your own doing your own training, adjust those things um, so that you are, you know, if you're doing it to grease the groove, then give yourself a reasonable time for you and push it to stay under it a hundred percent of the time. And if it's one of those nights where you're looking to maybe you know take that that ten percent of the time you spend failing, then do that too. That's fine. But yeah. Get, get, get good 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 reps in all the time no matter what yeah another thing that you know a night like this or these kind of training exercises present themselves with is to do video diagnostics um, there's an app for the iPhone and I believe for the Android phone as well called coach's eye um, coach's eye lets you do slow motion video and then draw on top of it and run um, protractors and timers and other things um, so if you've got a buddy who's fairly squared away and they can help with the videoing or if you have a way to set your phone up on a tripod or something to do the videoing, uh, it gives you a very realistic idea of what you're doing and when you're doing it. And it can help to eliminate a lot of inefficiencies, uh, especially in the draw stroke or in an up drill. Yeah. Um, and it'll tell you, okay, uh, especially if you're trying to find time uh, from a competition standpoint or something, uh, you know, when, from when you're at full extension to when the gun goes off uh, in a live fire environment or, you know, when your trigger finger breaks in a dry fire environment, uh, you can find that time and you can work to reduce it. Absolutely. And in the, the Coach's Eye app, too, you can, you can push it into a super slow, uh, super slow motion mode. And, and that, again, that really allows you to break things down to the nth degree and find where you're not being efficient. Um, you know, it really allows you to go. Oh wow, I'm 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 fishing with the muzzle, or I'm I'm doing different things with the muzzle, the gun, versus getting it up in front of your eyes and getting it punched straight out, and then driving through that trigger pull, and and then as you hit extension, dropping that shot if it's appropriate. Um, you know, so it, it really does allow you to break things down really, really well. Um, if you're, you know, we tell people shot timer, shot timer, shot timers are a wonderful thing. Um, coach's eye or even just recording yourself on an iPhone and being able to slow it down a little bit um, are, are all things that will make a big difference when it comes to finding um, tents, or, you know, hundreds for sure, but, but tents probably too for most of us. And for some of you, maybe more than that. So I know for me, occasionally it worked out that way. So Yeah, if you're looking for good resources on how to use Coach's Eye uh, for the shooting sports, um, Google John shrek mcphee um, m-c-p-h-e-e -E. Uh, he's got a lot of resources from about two or three years ago now that are open source uh, on his social media or maybe even like on the coach's eye website about some of the video diagnostic stuff that he does uh, also if you're looking for a really good class to get squared away on fundamentals like the draw stroke and you know, rifle manipulations and things um, the video diagnostic classes that he does are very low student um, with a lot of attention and you really learn how to use that video um, to transform you know your shooting and the shooting skills of guys either in your tribe or in your department 
yeah, you, you'll come out of that much more efficient. The other thing with those classes currently, a lot of people look at the price. Um, you know, John, I, I don't know him personally, but I know him by reputation, and, and he's one of these guys who's been there and done it at, at the highest level. Um, he, he can clean your stuff up, and, and the class seems a little bit expensive until you realize who it is that's teaching you. Um, the other thing to consider, too, is right now, you know, we're going through the middle of all this, this COVID weirdness. Um, ammo's gone away, etc. These are very, very low round count training opportunities that you'll get a lot out of. Um, so maybe, you know, that's something in the, in the short term to look at as a way to really extend your skill set without spending $11 billion, $11 billion on ammo. So. Or not be able to train because you don't have the ammo. And, and you can also bring that information back to your tribe. Uh, you know, one of our guys, Wayne, went and took uh, the diagnostic class and then brought the techniques back to us, um, you know, probably two years ago now. And we ran through this. And I think it was something that made everyone a little more attentive um, on a visual basis to technique and efficiency. And, and you know, it's, hey, there's a diagnostic tool you carry around in your pocket every day. Get, get it out and use it occasionally. It's, it's good stuff. So. Yeah, the, the difference between thinking what you're doing and being able to see what you're actually doing on the video um, really keeps you from lying to yourself. Yeah, and, and it's it's really nice too because if you are in an environment where you're training with some buddies and stuff like that, uh, uh, or, or maybe even guys you don't know necessarily, you know, you uh, it, it's not uncommon for somebody to say, well, I'm, I'm not doing that, or well, I am doing that, and you show them a video of them either not doing it or doing it, um, whatever the converse is, and it's always interesting, and it's a little humbling. It's not necessarily fun. Um, well, it can't be, depending on who you like picking on uh, or messing with. But, uh, you know, you show somebody a video, you know, and they tell you, why, you know, why, I'm not putting my finger on the trigger until my sights, until the gun, the barrel of the gun's rotated downrange of the target. And when you show them the video of them putting their finger on the trigger, um, or they say, oh, well, as I'm moving through the shoot house, I'm not putting my finger on the trigger. It's indexed high on the side of the gun. And when you show them the video of their finger on the trigger, um, you know, that, the, the phone's really good for that kind of honesty. Um, and unless that person's just a total jackass, they're going to thank you for, for, you know, for helping square them away. So good stuff. Yeah. I don't have anything else to add to that. I just go out and do the reps, you know, fundamental reps, fundamental reps. Yeah. I mean, especially with the, the pistol, there's a difference between someone who's drawn their pistol from a holster, you know, 10 times versus a hundred times versus a thousand times versus 10,000 times. Yeah. Uh, and if you're planning on, you know, using that pistol for defensive purposes, um, being at the, the 10,000 or greater quality draw strokes, I would say is an important metric to try to hit. Yeah, there's a word in there that's super important, quality. Um, just having snatched the gun out of the holster and flailed it toward the target and smashed the trigger is not a quality draw stroke, and that's where we get back around to um, having you know the ability to get video and then also the ability to run a timer against it and make sure it's quality stuff. So, you know, hold yourself accountable and use, use the right tools and get better. Everybody else is using these same tools for all kind of different things, whether they're baseball players, football players, professional athletes, or good amateur athletes. They're all using these tools to get better. We should be too. Yeah. Uh, as far as target selection goes, you know, using with a pistol, using a steel target, uh, if you're using like a, say, an, a 10 by 12, I think our plates are about 10 by 12 yeah. inches. I mean, stretching that out to 10, 15, 20 yards um, really, you know, helps hold you accountable from an accuracy standpoint. Uh, with the rifle, you know, using that same target at, say, 50 yards for up drills, you know, or if you're shooting paper, shooting cardboard, you know, on an, on an IPSC target, say the target with the square cutouts, 
um, using the top part of the A zone. So from the A to the top of that gives you about a six by six yeah. square. Uh, you know, on an IDPA target, you know, keeping everything inside that eight inch down zero circle. Uh, you know, and if you're shooting paper, you know, probably every five to ten iterations of a drill like this, you should be going up and marking, you know, targets uh, and keeping yourself accountable. Yep, absolutely. So, yes, indeed. Anything else? I got nothing. Like, like I said, get good quality reps, good quality reps, doing, doing those reps over and over and over again uh, and, and being honest with yourself about them. It's a big deal. Yeah, the other thing is, you know, getting good quality training, whether that's in person or finding, you know, a reputable instructor that you can see on their YouTube or other videos, you know, what they're doing to emulate um, is also important because what we don't want to do is ingrain bad habits and bad techniques. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah, on that note, uh, find us on social media as long as they let us stick around. We're on Instagram. Instagram and Facebook <laughs> or Bookgram and Instaface, Instaface or <laughs> whatever they are. Yep. Uh, you can search for us at, at Cap City Outfitters. Uh, visit us on the web, capcityoutfitters.com, and stop in and see us. Uh, we're in Hilliard, Ohio, 4465 Cemetery Road, and we're right in front of the Aldi's. Thanks, guys.